Good morning, everyone. It's great to be up here. Um, I'm excited to share with you this morning what God put on my heart, and it's funny slash not funny. <laughs> when he does this, I feel like I learn so much in the process of sharing with you, um, because much of what he put on my heart, I really had to lean into this week. Um, giving talks is not something that's super exciting for me. And usually I put a date on the calendar, well, usually the two times that I've done it before, <laughs> I put a date on the calendar like two, three months ahead of time. I have it all written out two weeks ahead of time, so I have plenty of time to practice. But God put it on my heart to ask if I could take this talk 10 days ago. I was like, God, <laughs> do you know how much time that is? It's ridiculous. Um, but I leaned into it and I said yes, and I followed the spirit, and he made the time, and I'm grateful for that, and I got to practice this all week. So with that, I'm gonna pray for us. God, this morning, the song that I heard um, in my quiet time was, I give you what I have, and you can make something beautiful, and that's just, that's my prayer today. I share these words, and I leave to you, God, to do what only you can do in this talk. Amen. So we spent the first few months of the year exploring um, who Jesus was and is, and the impact that he made during his time on earth, and what that means for us now. And the last few months, um, we've looked at how we can respond practically to Jesus, if this is the Jesus that we believe in, then how does that play out in our lives? And I'm here to take a dive into the call to get involved. Now, for some of you, that sends hairs up on your back. Here comes the ask. We need help. We had a couple of fun opportunities that we shared with you this morning. Um, yes, that will be a part of my talk at some point. But I believe that that means other things first. It's not about needing your help. It's about everyone having this call to build up the big C church, the kingdom of God church. And that's what he calls us to do. We have one job, it's to love God and love people. And we do that by working together to create environments where people can encounter God. Being involved is a more loaded concept than we give it credit for. By being involved, we're taking responsibility for the mission of the church. We're taking ownership in our own communities, in our neighborhoods, in our workspaces, anywhere where our lives take place. Sundays aren't just about coming to attend or listening to a feel-good message that gets thrown away as life goes on, once we walk out the door. There's a reason to get involved. But I believe there's a foundation that needs to be set first of self-awareness and balance. So Jesus got involved in people's lives. Like he was really all in all the time. His life was constant ministry. He made it his business to encourage, to lift others up, to serve people. But he always struck the balance of being with the Father to know what the Father was doing. So before I go into the doing, we must address and assess the being. So, if my girls are ready, I want to paint a picture for you. 
And this is the picture that came to me, and I employed my daughters and a cute little five-year-old on a bike who I usually have to bribe to get her to take a bike ride, but she was like, I get to ride my bike through church, so she's going to do that. So here comes Libby on her bike. <laughs> Hi, baby. So when Libby rides her bike, there's two wheels that work together. Libby, do you want to ride it out? Why don't you ride it past me while I'm talking? There you go. And then Sam will take you back to class. Thanks, babe. <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> She's my wild card. I didn't know if she was going to follow through with that one. So. <laughs> so when Libby rides her bike, there are two wheels that work together in perfect balance to propel her forward. If one of those wheels were to go flat, or one starts to come loose and starts wobbling, moving forward would be difficult or next to impossible. The wheels wouldn't propel her forward, at least not as efficiently as if they, would, if they were functioning properly. This is the picture that God gave me when I was thinking about the balance we need to strike between being and doing. When she pushes the pedals, the pedals make the chain and the back wheel go, and the front wheel just goes ahead of it because that's the direction of the bike. When we're being with God and we spend time with God and hear his voice, we naturally do because that's what God is doing. So let's talk about how to live out that balance. This requires a level of personal self-awareness and awareness of God's spirit in our lives. Jesus knew who he was. He operated out of his identity. He knew he was the son of God and his role was to glorify the father. He knew he was a part of the greatest redemption plan history would ever see. He was confident and unapologetic, but he was filled with compassion and grace at the exact same time. In John 8, 12, he says, I'm the light of the world. I am the good shepherd in John 10, 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. He knew who he was, and he lived out of his identity. Jesus lived his life out of knowing that the Father had sent him to live a sinless life, that all things he did were to point others towards the Father and ultimately die a death to rise again and provide a way for us to be reconciled to the Father. Jesus lived out this mission his entire life. And my pages are stuck together, sorry. I'll get to an outline someday. When we begin to work out and embrace who we are as sons and daughters of the universe and pursue the example that Jesus has led for us, being involved in the world around us just takes on a whole new lens. It's selfless, it's pure, it's wise, it's thoughtful, and it points to a good God who is always on mission to care for and draw in his children, no matter where they are. When Jesus died on the cross and he made his journey to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. Paul tells us a little more about the role of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5. Here, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This is what flows from our hearts when we walk with God, when we spend time with him. Kindness, joy, peace, patience, self-control, and so on. So Galatians 5.25, he wraps this up by saying, Since we live by the Spirit, we keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live with the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is really inviting to me. I don't know about you. I love that one. 
The Spirit will lead us and guide us, and the Spirit's role is to help us lead in love when we live in step with the Spirit. We go where he leads us, and we naturally get involved because that's what the Spirit does. And some of you need to listen very carefully to this next piece. This is one that I had to lean into, and I always have. So getting involved in the world around us and in church is not a call to do more things. What we do not need in the kingdom is a bunch of overextended, overambitious, burnt out, and bitter Christians. I tend to excel at being overly ambitious and biting off more than I can chew. And I used to be really prone to burnout to the detriment of my mental and spiritual and emotional health, to the detriment of my marriage and my family. I'm still not awesome at this, but I'm way better than I, than I used to be at protecting my yeses. Because if you say yes to everything, it dilutes your efforts. God is not calling you to do everything. It dilutes the energy that you put into what you are doing. I used to say yes out of my brokenness. I used to say yes because I was afraid of what other people would think of me. I said yes out of my pride and my fear of letting people down. None of us were living out of the identity that Jesus has given us. I was creating a clear path to sometimes mediocre human efforts and burnout, both of which I accomplished many times in my life. So if you're here, do what you need to do to stop the spin and get with Jesus and realign with the spirit. Jesus knew when it was time to say no. Jesus left towns that were full of people still wanting his time, his miraculous touch, his teaching. But when the father told him to leave, he did. After healing a man with leprosy, the news spread about him and the people wanted to meet this man who performed this miraculous healing. But instead of meeting the crowd, we read in Luke 5:16, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Instead of engaging with the crowd, he stepped back and withdrew. He had the perfect balance of engage and retreat, and engage and retreat, being and doing, being and doing, even when to everyone else, it looked like it was the worst time to leave. We're like, where are you going, Jesus? All of these people are here to see you. And he had to move on. He had to retreat to be with the Father. He knew the call was to first love God and not love people and love God with whatever is left over, if anything. We never see Jesus rushing in the Bible. He is thoughtful. He is present. I tend to always be someone who rushes. I talk a little fast. I walk faster, especially on our Sunday walks. <laughs> or whenever Josh and I actually get to walk, we slow it down to Sunday speed because I just want to get there. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, <laughs> but I tend to, I've tried to build in habits that help me slow down so I can be more present and attuned to what God is doing around me. Again, I'm not great at this, but all of us are a work in progress until we cross that threshold to our perfect selves in heaven someday. But something I try to practice is not saying yes right away. Even if it seems awesome or right, I bring it back to God and I look at my plate. And if it's something God is calling me to do, then I have to assess how to make space to fully commit 
so I can do the things that really matter and not do it with whatever energy is left over on my plate from my own hustle and bustle. So with that things in mind, that, with that in mind, I did say we were gonna talk about getting involved. So now that we've talked about being, I wanna talk about doing. And this is where we talk about the invitation to engage in the world around us. Living a life following Jesus is not boring. It does not lack challenge. It does not lack adventure or growth or intentionality. Living a life following Jesus will call us to engage at a level that doesn't always feel easy or convenient. Jesus engaged with people everywhere he went. He was present. One glance at any book in the gospel and you'll see him teaching and encouraging, healing people physically, healing people spiritually, washing feet, feeding the hungry, and so much more. He was present with his disciples and his followers, but he was also present with people who were considered sinners and outcasts. He was present with those who were sick and those who were tax collectors, the rich, the poor. People engaged, Jesus engaged with people no matter where he was at and no matter where they were at. We can do this by taking a genuine interest in other people's lives, ask questions, linger longer, make space for conversations, and something we just don't do well these days is to listen well. Our generation, our society right now is plagued with hurry and distraction. But one of my favorite things to do on a nice day is to sit out at my picnic table in my front yard and say hi to people passing by. I love learning people's names and finding out what they love to do. In a home with three very active kids, we have to very intentionally make the space to do this. We are constantly having conversations about balance and margin and investing in downtime. My oldest, who helped get Libby out here, uh, Samantha, is in fourth grade, and she loves all sports. She loves all the things. She just loves them. And she's actually pretty good at most things she tries. She loves theater and an AV club, and she's in student council, and then all the sports that she does. And I love how versatile she is, and I love watching her flourish in her range of interests. But at the same time, we always try to come back to the fact that God calls us to love him first and love people. Which, these things can be done at the field, in the classroom, in the workplace, and all the places that our schedule takes us, but we need to be mindful to set the pace that God invites us to so we can catch the things that only he knows are coming. The impromptu phone call or the visit to the front door, the family member that has a need that God would want us to be there for. Are we slowing down enough so that we are engaging with the world around us when God shows us the opportunities? Where in the world can you be present and engage with the spirit and what he's doing? And now we talk about this, this family, this house, engaging in church. And this is not a religious, we need your help, please volunteer with XYZ Ministry Ask. I believe we as a whole, churches in general, have watered down what this invitation really is. To be involved is not as much to respond to a need as it is to respond to an invitation to be part of the family of God. 
God doesn't just call us to be present to the world around us. He calls us to care for our church family. This is God's house, and we are a part of God's family. In the Acts church, after Jesus has gone to heaven and his spirit has been sent and it, it fell on his followers and they were excited and they were all in. They were all in. And in Acts 4.32, we hear that all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of the possessions were their own, but they shared everything that they had. And I don't think it's a far throw to say they invested their time they invested their energy. They invested their gifts. This was their church that they were a part of. This was their church and their family. And the Spirit of God was moving, and they weren't going to miss it. Everyone in a family has a role. Christ's followers are referred to, referred to as the body of Christ so many times in the Bible. And in the body, every part has a specific function one that no other part can fulfill in the same way. And each part helps us reach our fullest physical potential. Ephesians 4.13 says, From him, the whole body, joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's what we're called to do together. We're called to grow and build each other up in love because we all have a part. My kids clean their room, sometimes. <laughs> they unload the dishwasher, sometimes. We do laundry and put it away together, and we have a vacuum that everyone uses. I know I'm painting this nice picture here for the sake of the example, but don't get me wrong, this is not an easy task. <laughs> but when they do complain, or I hear the classic, ugh, because that's, Pretty much what it sounds like every time. <laughs> I always go back to this. This is our house, and we all live in it. And we all need to work together to take care of it. And anyone who walks into our house, we need to do our best to make them feel like family. Because this is the house that God has given us, and this is how we steward our house. We need to do our best to make them feel welcomed. They, they are loved, that they can make themselves feel comfortable and participate. I'm not afraid to ask someone to pull something out of the fridge or put together the salad or can you throw those other, like put that stuff away. I don't know. I'm not afraid to ask somebody because this is what you do in a family. This is what you do in a house. Jesus invites everyone to be a part of the family of God and that's an active role. This is something I'm super passionate about because creating environments where people encounter God is not something that's just facilitated by the lead pastor or by the worship team or the prayer team or any of our other teams. The team that is responsible for creating these spaces is not exclusive. It includes the young people. They shared their gifts with us last week. As the church grows, yes, the needs grow. We need more kids workers, more worship team leaders, and more audio and tech team members, and all of the team members. A 3,000 square foot house and a seven person family has more needs than a 1,200 square foot house with two people. That's just the reality. So, you guys paying attention out there? Raise your hand if you're sitting in this room or watching online. Do it, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Josh, for participating. <laughs> um, 
You have a role on the team if you are raising your hand or were raising your hand, or even if you weren't, because there was probably someone out there who wasn't. You are the church. You have a role on the team. And it's more than just being on a schedule. It's a culture that's created when we all show up and we all worship and we all take care of the house that God has given to us. Now, we're all in different seasons and we have different life rhythms and different gifts and different availability, but we all have a part to play. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. That includes all of us. We are one body that has one mission, just one. Love God and love others. It's two parts, one mission. But these are two very active statements. When you look at the wheels on your bike, are your tires in balance? Are you moving forward to your fullest potential? Are you engaging with the spirit or are you engaging in your own human efforts? Love God. He is our sustainer. He is the one who keeps us grounded. Thank God, because I need that. <laughs> he is the one who gives us identity and purpose. Be present to the move of his spirit, because then we can love others well. Let's be open to what he's doing around us the part that we are being asked to play, and be ready for an adventure when we engage in the world around us and become active participants in our church community. Because it's so much more than what we can envision with our human eyes and that we can achieve with our human efforts. It's a God-sized mission that you don't wanna miss. So I wanna end with this. This is kind of my favorite my favorite part. I want to sit with the Holy Spirit for a few minutes. I love creating spaces for the Holy Spirit. He's so good. He says stuff to us that I could never dream of, that I could never think of, that our friends could never think of. The Spirit knows each one of us in such a special and a unique way. I just said a lot of words for you to chew on these past few minutes, but really, his are the only ones that really matter. And I want to invite him to show us if there is an area of your life where we need to slow down or say no and make space for something else that he has, to make space for the places that he wants to take us. If your pace of life feels busy and doesn't feel sustainable and you don't know what adjustments to make, just ask him. Our God is a good God. He is a good shepherd. And he wants to fill us. He wants to lead us and guide us. So we're just going to take a minute and let the Spirit speak.
God, we give you space. We give you our hearts. We give you our whole selves. You know us in such a special and unique way, God. And I just pray for my friends. I pray that you would show them in their hearts where it is that you want to take them in the places in their lives, in their communities, in our church, where you want them to engage. And God, if there are places that we need to walk away from, that we need to let go of, where we need to slow down, God, shine a light on that as well. As I was writing this talk um, this week, I felt um, kind of a prompting from God to make an invitation for those of you who don't feel like you hear God's voice. Um, just come and talk to one of us after the service. Sitting with God and hearing his voice is something that's so special, but sometimes it takes a lot of work. It takes me a lot of time to quiet my mind and to hear where he's leading me and get used to hearing what God's voice sounds like for me. So if you're someone who is either struggling with that or maybe has never heard the voice of God before or the leading of the Holy Spirit, come and talk to one of us. Don't miss an opportunity to hear from the Good Shepherd. He says that my sheep will hear my voice. And that's an invitation and a gift for all of us. But it's also something that we have to build and learn. So there's no, there's no shame if, if you've never experienced or heard that before. We've all been there. We've all had to sit and listen and learn what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like. So I'm gonna pray for us to close and we're gonna do one more song. I'm gonna worship together. Jesus, I thank you for this time. time to sit with you. I thank you for being available to us in any moment when it's quiet and when it's not, your spirit is always with us. God, I pray as we are all thinking about this message from this morning, God, that you would continue to shine a light on the areas where we can care for the people around us in a better way, where we can engage 
in our workplaces and in our neighborhoods. And God, I pray that everyone would see the part that they play in this church family, in this church community. God, I pray for relationships to be built. I pray for hearts to be set on fire because we are the church and our mission is to love you and love people. And I pray that this morning we would all walk out of here with a little bit more clarity of what that looks like. In Jesus' name.